We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for October 19th, 2014. And today, really, with the way the current events have been breaking, um, I'm kind of compelled and forced to do the studies that are really targeting in on Ebola, because obviously, I think from a global perspective, this is the main thing that appears to be on the horizon that could be impacting our lives um, <clears throat> very shortly, in a very big way. And so what I've tried to do is, from a week-to-week basis, uh, compile all the different reports that are out there that are kind of showing us what direction this is moving. And <clears throat> today, it, from some really sobering in- information regarding this subject and regarding, it's not negligence, but what is being done to propagate Ebola, uh, particularly in America. It seems to be America seems to be really the main uh, <clears throat> target for the spreading of this. Not to say that the whole world wouldn't eventually be, but as I've stated in the past, the Illuminati, the, the America is <clears throat> really the last piece that has to fall on the chessboard for the New World Order to be implemented. And when I say America, I mean the <clears throat> particularly the middle class, the, the um, pro-Constitution, pro-Second Amendment, pro-life, pro-Christian, um, pro anything of any type of moral value, middle class, because I'm not saying that all people in lower class are bad, but the the problem you run into there is that they're already most likely dependent on the government for um, their day-to-day things. Um, And whether it be welfare or, or whatever type of system they may be dependent on, I'm not condemning them for that. Just saying that there are already there are millions and millions and millions of people that have exited the workforce. They're hiding the true unemployment numbers, and then you have open borders letting literally illegal aliens come in to even dilute the population and take away more jobs. You have all of these dynamics going on, and you're you're even further weakening the lower classes then as well as the middle. So this is the last piece on the chessboard that really needs to fall in order to implement the New World Order. And um, <clears throat> the last major chess piece, I guess I should say. And so, let's just go ahead and get into the study for today. And uh, the, the first report is entitled, Doctor, um, U.S. Army Rejected Successful Ebola Drug Two Weeks Before Outbreak. A medical doctor claims that he developed a successful drug to combat Ebola with the U.S. Army at Fort Detrick, Maryland, but that the research was inexplicably shut down two weeks before the first outbreak of the virus in West Africa. Richard C. Davis, who is an M.D., a former flight surgeon with the U.S. Navy, told InfoWars that he was leading a project to develop a drug called RC-2-beta, which, according to Davis, works, quote, at the core of our cells to enhance mitochondrial efficiency and promote gene signaling to stimulate cellular self-repair and pathogen destruction. Now, I guess I'll try to put that in in layman's terms. When you enhance mitochondrial efficiency, the mitochondria is considered the powerhouse of the cell. It's what generates energy. And whenever you have more energy you can impart to something, it's going to work more effectively. Like, for instance, if you have low energy, you're not going to get a lot done, right? Okay. Well, this act, this drug enhanced mitochondrial efficiency um, and promoted gene signaling to stimulate cellular self repair. Okay, so it's 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 acting as a, a self repair mechanism in the body. It's, it signaled the gene signaling. Now, granted, I don't know anything about this drug. Um, I'm not saying it's good or bad, but it, it as far as a drug goes, it sounds pretty good. You know, and I, you know me, I'm not an advocate for drugs because I do not believe you can drug your body into good health. Um, <clears throat> but taken on a short-term basis to save a life, if the drug is not made with a malevolent intent and it doesn't have horrifics, I don't have a problem using 
um, emergency medicine to save a life at all. Not a problem whatsoever. Uh, it's just that long-term use of drugs, typically always you're going to run into side effects and you have to take more because there's receptors that get <clears throat> um, down-regulated, so therefore you have to take more of the same drug to get a similar effect and then produce side effects. You have to take more drugs to counteract those side effects. It's just this progressive thing that typically happens when you're dealing with drugs. Okay, um, But obviously using a short-term drug to save a life, you know, okay, that, that's great if you can do that. Um, this drug said, he said it enhances, enhanced mitochondrial efficiency, promoted gene signaling to stimulate cell, cellular repair, and pathogen destruction. Meaning, it's destroying the things, well, I'm, I'm assuming bacteria, viruses, and things of this nature, pathogens, in the body. So it's accomplishing a lot of different things. Now, if you had a patient that already had a really good vitamin C and selenium status, and let's say their their thymus gland was hitting on all eight cylinders. Of course, that shrinks as we age, and, and um, that's the little it's a literal. It's kind of like the brain computer chip of your immune system. It's behind your breastbone. It's quite large when you're born, and it and it shrinks and shrinks and shrinks as we age. Um, <clears throat> But if your thymus was working good, if your immune system, let's say white blood cell counts and things of this nature, macrophages, lymphophages, you know, these types of things were, were working good, your lymphatics were, and, and you took a drug like this, what would, what would happen is, is if this drug had a good intent, it could do its job much better, is, is the point I'm trying to make. So, sounds like the guy really had a, um, Something that was that was a really good thing, but just remember, not only will the New World Order suppress natural cures for things, natural remedies, okay, the, the way that God put it here type of thing, but they're also going to suppress any type of, of research that's actually going to cure or fix anything. Why do you think that it is that we don't have a supposed cure for cancer, or, oh, the March of Dimes, or M, muscular dystrophy, Jerry's kids, oh, just send more money, oh, the pink Susan G. Komen, who gives a ton of their proceeds, literally, to Planned Parenthood, the number one abortion provider. You know, I, I tell, I, I've tried to tell Christians that before, not really my listeners, but other, and they, they don't want to really hear it. Oh, it's good, it has to be. Yeah, that's why they give, that's why they're doing everything they can do to suppress the cure. Just like every single one of these other places that beg for money constantly. Okay, and all you're doing there is feeding the, 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 the demonic system that actually is created and is suppressing the cure. All these people run around pink because whatever. You're, you're literally promoting a company that, and I've done whole studies on them, just can Planned in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. They're evil. They're pure evil. And, you know, a ton of their proceeds go to Planned Parenthood. Number one abortion provider. They've done everything they could do to prevent breast cancer from being cured. They've done everything they could do to suppress that. They've done everything they could do to suppress people that or organizations that have submitted legitimate ways to cure or curtail breast cancer. I don't want to hear anything natural at all. Keep your lymphatic system clean, you know, to prevent breast cancer. Don't wear, I mean, underwire bra cuts off the lymphatic flow. It's a proven fact, you know. Um, that's that's just one thing to, to think about with um, with breast cancer. Making sure your system is, is not, I mean, keeping yourself detoxed properly, your lymphatics, um, your liver. These are huge issues with any cancer case. Every single cancer case, ultimately, at some at some level, is a liver case, because the liver is the chief site of the body where toxins are broken down through phase one, phase two, cytochrome P450 enzyme pathways. And if those enzyme pathways are shut down, you're going. Your liver will produce cancerous byproducts that will get into the bloodstream and tend to lodge wherever you have an area in the body that's weak or compromised. That's cancer kind of in a nutshell to a certain extent. I mean, I know there's a lot of different theories about cancer. Um, And 
there's a lot of, of uh, validity to, I think, a lot of different things. I think the point is with cancer is it's just not one thing that's, that's the absolute, the only thing that causes cancer. Like, it's definitely a fungus, or it's, you know, definitely this, or it's definitely that. I think that it is a combination of factors that happen, and that's why it's complicated to treat a lot of times, particularly with all the ways we're being bombarded with chemicals and electromagnetic radiation and things of this nature. There's a ton of different ways that, that that can actually form. So, Susan G. Komen's done nothing to, to try to actually, all they're, all they're about is raking in money and making sure the cure never gets out there. But giving everybody a nice pat on the back and making them think they're making a difference and they're not. They're doing nothing but feeding the beast that's suppressing the cure. Just like every single one of these other medical devil institutions that do the same exact thing, just with a different flavor. This is the medical system we're talking about here. And we're going to be looking at this further today. So here we have a drug called RC-2-beta, which... Well, let's just read on. In the fall of 2013, Davis's company began collaborating with the U.S. Army at their Level 4 bioweapons facility in Fort Detrick, Maryland, to develop the drug with astounding success. They were getting astounding success with this drug. Okay? According to Davis, the drug, quote, killed four of the world's deadliest viruses in a dose-dependent fashion. The Army also noted that uninfected cells in the same cultures were untouched by the drug. Meaning it wasn't doing damage to cells that weren't pathogenic. Meaning it was leaving the rest of your body alone. Meaning it was basically non-toxic. Which is the biggest problem you typically run into with a drug, even if it works, it's so toxic to the liver that, you know, it's like, okay, well, you're just like the big trade-off here. This drug didn't do that. Everyone was very excited about these results since there has never been a broad-spectrum antiviral drug that killed so many different viruses without affecting normal, uninfected cells in this way. And like I said, that's the norm with drugs, typically. It's a big trade-off. Well, this one, it seemed like it was a win-win. However, after the Army initially indicated to Davis that his team, that they were ready to move ahead quickly with further testing, communication completely ceased. Remember, this is like getting into the going up to this, this is like two weeks before the outbreak of Ebola hit. What would have been a better time for them to actually bring out this drug and say, hey, listen, yeah, there's an outbreak in in Liberia and Sierra Leone and these places, but guess what? We just developed a drug. It has this unbelievable cure rate. We're going to be able to stomp this thing out in short order, so don't worry about it. Okay. Now, I know there's a lot of theories out there now on on, okay, it's only the people that got the shots from the Red Cross, and it's only this and only that. The problem I'm running into with all this is that the reality is, is I'm not saying that that's not important, but the reality is, is the New World Order's moving forward. Regardless of what theory is out there that's causing this, regardless of, of whatever is being put out there, I have to ask myself the question, is there literally a three-country conspiracy where everybody is keeping this under the rug that Ebola supposedly is a hoax? You've got three different countries, three African countries, and it's all being, well, yeah, but there's people out there that put videos out that say it's all fake, and, and none of it's even happening. So all the nurses and all the doctors that are coming back, and all of the eyewitness accounts that have happened, and all of the the the... The, the photo ops of, of them burying people, and this is all fake. It's, it's all fake, it's all phony, every bit of it. I have a hard time believing that. Listen, I understand they could do that with something like Sandy Hook. Okay, that's a very small area we're dealing with, it, where there was a school. It's very hard to control everything, though, when you're dealing with three different countries. Do I believe it was created and spread? I just got into that last week. Most likely a weaponized version was spread in the population centers. Uh, Three different cities in those places. I think it was Liberia was the first one. Because this time it normally comes from the jungle and moves in. This time it started in the cities and moved out. 
So I have no problem believing that. I have no problem believing that it, it's weaponized and that it was created. And that, and that, but see, now we're actually having to get beyond that and say, okay, well, that's that's all well and good. But now, uh, regardless of, of what started it, now we're going to deal with it. Because the New World Order is going full steam ahead on this thing. And that's, that's the thing I think we're going to have to really key on at this point. Because this is not going away. Uh, or it doesn't appear to be. Now, I'm not saying the Lord couldn't intervene and, and stop this thing cold in its tracks. And, I mean, I've been praying for that. But knowing the judgment of God, knowing that America's ripe for judgment, it's, you know, nevertheless not my will but thine be done is, is the way Jesus Christ prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. And that's the way that we really need to pray regarding this because it might not be the Lord's will that this is that this is stopped at this point. Um, with the wickedness that you see just in America alone. So, let's go further here. So, I, I'm trying to kind of give the broad perspective here on looking at this big picture. Um, so, the Army initially indicated to Davis that his team, that they were ready to move ahead quickly at, with further testing, but then communication completely ceased. Here is the actual graph. Um, looks like it's from the Army. Army research data shows the effectiveness of RC-2 beta in fighting the Ebola virus. Here's the actual, they're giving um, three different viruses that, that they went after. Marburg virus, which is very, very similar to Ebola, and then um, Ebola, and then Rift Valley fever virus, and then um, Venezuelan equine encephalitis virus. And it shows you the graph here and what type of um, what type of results they were getting. And so once our once close communications and cordial relationship with Fort Detrick team went totally and inexplicably silent. They have no they have no use or interest in a cure for anything. They want this to spread. How do you think they're going to fulfill the the first commandment of the New World Order, the Georgia Guidestones, to reduce world population to 500 million? And here we have that stone that was put in there. It said 2014. I know it's been removed. And I know the guy, the caretaker, said, oh, some idiot that put it in. Okay. Yeah, some idiot that paid four to five hundred dollars to put a perfectly um, sculpted square Elbert County granite, same granite that was carved out of stone in it, just as a gag. Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, maybe, but <laughs> boy, they sure went out of their way to put, do that gag, you know. Our phone calls went unanswered and emails unreturned. See, this is this is Satan. This is our bold new, brave new world. They, they want to kill as many people as possible outside of their elite clique. And then when Satan was done killing everybody on the planet, if he had his way, he'd kill them too. They're just useful idiots to him. Even the highest level Illuminati. Satan hates them too. Adding, he was stunned when the first reports of Ebola emerged in Africa just two weeks later. Unbelievable. Two weeks later. These are the, the biggest slime bags on the planet that would suppress this. The doctor also desperately contacted mainstream media whore news outlets in an effort to get the story out, including CNN, ABC, MSNBC, CBS, the New York Times, the Washington Post, the LA Times, and others. After making initial contact and agreeing to provide documents, Davis was subsequently stonewalled and every outlet dropped the story. See, I wanted to start out with this report to get everybody understanding that they're doing this and they're doing it on purpose. And if if 
they get their way this time, they're going to, I mean, they're going to use this as, as, for maximal, maximal satanic impact on humanity. He contacted all of these mainstream news outlets and every one of them stonewalled him. That's how interconnected all these devils are. Boy, they really, they really want to get the cure out because they care so much. Davis then turned to the Florida Congressman David Jolly in an effort to reopen lines of communication with Fort Detrick, a process that is ongoing. Yeah, right. It's not going to result in anything more than it has. While health authorities and the media aggressively promoted ZMAP and other less successful drugs to fight Ebola, Davis set about to anxiously contacting contacting the World Health Organization, which in June announced that the experimental treatments for Ebola would be fast-tracked. Out of concern and frustration, I made it my personal priority to obtain the two necessary documents, which are the Humanitarian Use Exemption and Export Certificate, needed to ship our drug drug to the medical teams working desperately in Africa. Okay? And again, you have to ask yourself, are, are all these medical teams just lying about, oh, these are all fake patients, they're, they're not really sick at all. They're, they're, it's all a big hoax. It's, it's nothing's happening. We're one big coordinated, um, uh, you know, play acting. Uh, come on, really? All these people are all in on it. They're all doing it. Uh, I don't believe that. I just, there's no way you could coordinate. There, there would be so many leaks about what was really going on if nobody over there was sick, if nothing... And again, I'm not saying our government didn't start this in these very centers. I'm not saying that, but to say that it's all a hoax, that's where I run into the logistical problem of how are you going to... At some point, something's got to give there. You know? So, he said... I began calling and writing, faxing everyone who might be able to help, since may have reached out to over 200 times to every head of every organization in the world involved with this crisis. This guy really cares. These are the type of MDs I love. These are the kind of guys that really are in it to help people, obviously. Because you know why? His A tree is known by its fruit. You know? And this is a medical doctor that really does want to help humanity. And Satan has no interest in this. Satan, Satan does not want any type of cure for this. He wants you to rely totally lock, stock, and barrel on his satanic system, which is being further implemented by the day. And we're going to be looking at that today in depth. So, this 200, uh, he reached out 200 times to the, uh, every head of every organization in the world involved with the crisis. What more could the guy do? This includes the World Health Organization, the Centers for Disease Control, various teams at the FDA, the National Institutes of Health, DARPA. I mean, these are, these are all totally wicked evil. But he doesn't know that. Maybe he does now. I don't know. Multiple private relief and aid organizations like Doctors Without Borders. Huh. Doctors Without Borders. Uh, and then dozens just like them. 200 times he really went out to these organizations. They've all, the response was always the same. Silence. What does that tell you? That tells you they all are in it together. Okay, regarding that. I mean, wow. Wow. If that is not a global satanic conspiracy, I don't know what is. The guy is desperate. I mean, he, this is an MD. It's not like like some person in alternative health who who typically they're looked down upon, like myself or whatever. No, this is a MD, a prestigious MD. Okay, and I'll give you his credentials a little bit later. With, I mean, from America, you would think that that. The, and he's worked literally with the military, with, and they won't. Nobody, nobody has any interest at all. No, we have no interest. We 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 serve Satan. We love Satan, and we want to make sure that there's no at least the people at the top, at least the people that are the shot callers, who are who are saying no silence. 
they are. They all have been pre-positioned there. You know? In these organizations. I mean, that's what it tells me. I don't see how you could come to any other conclusion. Why, on God's green earth, would they give him silence if they weren't literally in on this global satanic conspiracy to literally depopulate and kill as many people as they possibly can with this Ebola pandemic. I know it's not a pandemic yet. Pan means whole world, but that's the way they're going to want to try to take it. The doctor also slammed the Obama administration's response to the Ebola outbreak. The response of the American government has been patently absurd, writes Davis. Every protocol that has been put in place to prevent the spread of the disease has been ignored. And again, then you look at the other side, which is what he's talking about now, which is showing that the Obama administration, just in America alone, is doing everything they possibly can do to make sure it's being spread. And we're going to look at that in depth as well today. Our borders remain open. Infected patients are being brought into our hospitals. And truly no effective countermeasures have been erected to stem the tide of infectious risk. Now they're also finding out that the incubation period in it uh, at least 5% of the people that contract it could be way more than 25 days. So these 21-day quarantine protocols might not even be, won't even be valid in 5% of the, uh, 5% of the people that get it. That just came out this week, as far as I know. Davis's conclusion of the government's handling of the Ebola crisis and the fact that a potential um, successful cure for the virus was shut down by Fort Detrick immediately before the outbreak in West Africa left him to draw a sobering conclusion. I am left to conclude that America's leadership is either guilty of gross misconduct, dereliction of duty, criminal negligence, or worse, treason, writes Davis, warning that the crisis will undoubtedly spiral out of control if the advice of incompetent public health authorities, the government and media continues to follow unquestionably. Davis boasts an impressive curriculum vitae, having authored over 400 patents and trademarks while also being awarded commendations from the Chief of Naval Operations. He goes on to say the inescapable conclusions of negligence or corruption or both, simply cannot be swept aside um, for the sake of political correctness when the lives of every one of us are at stake. Ebola is real. It is here now. There is no more time to waste. End of quote. So, that's pretty, I mean, uh, that right there, I could just stop right there for this week's study. And, and I mean, just have an absolute bombshell and, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to keep going and building on this same theme that this is all being done on purpose, by design, and they're doing everything that they can do, they, everything they can get away with in order to propagate Ebola. Not to stop it, but to propagate it. So, um, I wanted to set the tone for this teaching with that report, uh, for obvious reasons, I, I think you could probably see. Next um, report, and uh, a lot of these are kind of kind of be rapid fire. A passenger died on a Nigeria to JFK flight after a vomiting fit Thursday, and a top lawmaker said officials gave the corpse only a quote cursory exam before declaring that the victim did not have Ebola. They gave him a cur- like they had just looked at him. Oh no, he doesn't have Ebola. No testing, no nothing. Everybody's fine. Representative Peter King said in a letter to Homeland Security and Customs and Border Protection that the handling of the remains exposed serious flaws in airport preparedness for an Ebola outbreak. Between 70 and 100 passengers a day arrived from JFK from the Ebola epicenter, countries of Liberia, Sierra Leone, uh, and Guinea, and the King noted that they have access to public restrooms and mingle with other travelers before their first screening meaning they could be exposing everybody that they're, you know, around. Given the high volume of travelers at JFK, it is essential that extraordinary measures are taken to intercept possible Ebola-infected patients um, while keeping the public and first responders safe, wrote Representative King. 
He wrote this to Homeland Security's Jay Johnson and Custom Commissioner uh, Gil Kurlikowski. Anyway, that was in the New York Post. I mean, that was that was all over the news. So he literally died vomiting on the plane to the U.S., coming from Nigeria. And, uh, eh, no, he doesn't have it. And let all the, let all the people in the plane go, and they're not going to be screened or monitored or anything. I mean, but again, in light of the first report, if, if, the, if you had just started listening today, in light of the re- first report, I think you would have big red flags about, well, it seems like they're really trying to spread this. So wouldn't this be, wouldn't this be an ideal way to make that happen? Okay, let's go a little bit further. Now, this is just from, like, the last week. I've, I've had many reports on stuff like this in recent days. October 15, 2014. You're looking at Delta Airlines' site. It's got the different telephone numbers, and I want you guys to help me out on this. This is very important. You're this was regarding Delta Flight 7603, San Francisco to Tampa, Friday, October 10th. Not going to find it on mainstream because it just came across local talk radio here in central Mississippi. I'm going to tell you the story. What happened? A man flew from San Francisco to Tampa on Delta Flight 7603, Friday, October 10th. He arrived early in the morning. Remember these flight numbers. And what happened on the way... From San Francisco to Tampa. As soon as he got on the plane, he noticed that there was a man of African descent sitting next to him, sweating, very uncomfortable, could not speak English. He said it got worse and worse the way the guy was fidgeting, and finally this fellow in Tampa that was going to Tampa, an engineer flying back home, jumped up out of the seat because he could tell the man was about to throw up, and the guy threw up all over several passengers. There was a big uh, ruckus on the plane there. The guy flying to Tampa would not sit back down. They were trying to force him to sit back down next to this guy among the vomit. He wouldn't do it. They were going to have problems landing the plane, but someone that had actually volunteered their seat that had, was sitting in front of this man that had already been thrown up on. He said, if, I, if I'm going to get it, I already got it set down so we can land. And that's how they landed. Listen. They made the man clean up his own vomit. The guy flying in from Tampa tried to get Delta to call the ambulances and someone to come on board and get this guy off, at least check it. They refused to. They refused to give the man's name, where he was from. I've got a number we're going to put up here. We need to call Delta. This, now, what has happened? The flight resumed. Flight 7603, October 10th, Friday morning, San Francisco to Tampa. It was a full plane. The people were allowed to walk off. This man was allowed to walk off into Tampa. He's now in Tampa. And what better way to aerosolize than vomit? I mean, you're going to have a certain amount of aerosolization that takes place when you're projectile vomiting, especially on people. You know, it's kind of funny that way. And again, this is all just proving this is all by design. All and, and again, what better place to do it than an enclosed airplane where there's nowhere to go, you're all breathing the same air. If Delta is refusing this information, then there's a conspiracy beyond what we think. This number, 800-455-2720, is the customer care number. You may can go there and get deeper into their phone numbers. There's a place to email us. Also, I will link to this page. Guys, everybody call. This is in in the name of humanity. Call this because, listen, this could be an important step in getting some flights blocked. They need to be stopped. Remember that you, you guys remember 911 when Bush and Cheney blew up the World Trade Center? Well, remember they canceled all flights in the U.S. in a matter of, what, an hour? Except for Air Force One, which flew Bush back from Florida, where he was uh, hiding in the schoolroom, to uh, Boxdale Air Force Base in Shreveport. 
but they can't do it now. They can't even stop them from coming in from Africa or some of these other countries, but they could stop it then when it was something they did. But guys, this is very important information. It's not going to be on mainstream yet. I'm going to do what I can to get the information out. Please help me. It's a heads up. Be safe. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead. I wasn't going to play this one, but this is the this is kind of like the the update of the first hand of of basically a first hand account is told um, regarding this experience. It's kind of a second hand, but this is his daughter he's talking about here. This is regarding this Tampa International, the the, the flight that we just talked about, and I, I'm just going to let this this um, audio plan, it'll be self-explanatory. I want to tell us something about this Ebola that people really need to be concerned about and, and something that actually happened to my daughter's fiancé Friday on an airline. And I've come to, of course, the government is lying to us about Ebola. I think that most everybody knows that. Well, they've been lying to us about everything else, so I don't know why it would surprise them that they would be lying to us about this. Yeah, well, let me, let me tell you this, and I'll be real quick because I know you got time, but this actually happened Friday. My daughter's fiancé is an engineer and was working a three-week job in California, and Friday, uh, Friday, that Thursday night, he flew out of San Francisco to Tampa, flight left San Francisco at 11 o'clock at night, and arrived in Tampa at 6 in the morning. My daughter's fiancé was sitting in the middle uh, of, you know, in a row of seats. He was sitting in the middle, and there was a a, a man uh, of African descent that he was sitting right next to. And he said that when he got on the plane by this guy, he, he could tell the guy was fidgeting and he was sweating, and uh, he said he could almost feel the heat coming off of him. And he asked the guy, he said, do you not need to go to the bathroom? And the guy couldn't speak English. And um, he, he thought the guy, he, he kept watching him, and he saw that he was about to throw up. Um, my daughter's fiancé jumped out of the middle seat into the aisle about the time the guy started throwing up. He threw up on several people. And... Um, the flight attendants, of course, came and asked this guy where he was from, and he wouldn't tell them. Uh, they asked him where he traveled from, and he wouldn't tell them. He was not cooperative at all. Anyway, uh, when the plane landed in Tampa, my daughter's fiance refused to sit by this guy. He would not sit back down again, and they threatened to have him arrested. I'm talking about my daughter's fiance. But he would not. So they threatened to have the guy arrested. When a guy is on the plane of African descent with a fever and starts projectile vomiting over everybody. <laughs> I mean, that, that's justice. You know, that's American justice there. When you're, you're trying to strong, basically you, you sit in that Ebola ridden seat, potentially Ebola ridden vomit seat or whatever. I mean, you know, it, it's <laughs> unbelievable. I'm not sitting out down by this guy and so it happened uh, before they landed, uh, the guy that was behind the man that got thrown up on, he told my daughter's fiance, he said, look, if, if he got it, I've been exposed to it. He said, I'll take your seat and you take mine. That's the only way they could land the plane. Well, anyway, when the plane landed, my uh, daughter's fiance contacted Delta Airlines and tried to get him to give him, uh, he said, I know you can't give me the name of this individual, but can you tell me where he's from and where he's been? Of course, they could, they know that, because they could pull the manifest and find sure. it out, but sure. they, they won't tell him. He's called them three times, uh, he's called Delta Corporate Headquarters three times since then, and they will not tell him where this man was from, and, um, long story short, my wife and I just happened... I mean, why, why wasn't this front page news? You know, because they're trying in as much as they possibly can to pre, pre, um, protect and to propagate the disease vectors coming into this country from most likely Liberia, Sierra Leone, or Guinea. 
They're, they're, whenever they can keep a lid on it, in as much as that's possible, they're trying to do that. And it's very obvious they're trying to do that. Visiting them in Tampa this past weekend. And, um, you know, farewell to my daughter, because if this guy turns out to have had Ebola or been exhibiting the signs of it, certainly, but if it turns out he has had it, well, then uh, my future son-in-law has probably been exposed to it. And therefore, my daughter will be. And therefore, my wife and I may be. But the airlines are not telling people. And, and I'm going to start a Facebook campaign probably today. Uh, that's about the only way you can put pressure on these airlines. Somebody is making them keep their mouth shut. Well, again, we, we looked at the first report where the government, you know, shuts down, goes silent over a drug that has essentially 100% cure, cure rate for Ebola. All the media outlets, mainstream media outlets that he contacted, all of them go silent. And then you have all of these other organizations that are supposedly fighting Ebola, hands-on approach. They all go silent. Well, it shouldn't surprise us that all the airlines would also be in on this together as well. This is how uh, large this conspiracy runs. And uh, I have seen this probably the administration. But um, this is the dangerous part. You know, these people are, are getting on airplanes, and here, it, it, you know, let's just say this guy did have a bullet. He's walking around in Tampa somewhere right now. Well, I, I can't believe that they didn't bring in some type of medical team after this guy looked like he had fever and threw up on an airplane and at least take him out and screen him. Well, according to my uh, daughter's fiance, they didn't. The man got off the plane in Tampa and walked out. And uh, all my all my daughter's fiance wants to know is where was this guy from? Had he been to West Africa? But they won't tell him. And, and uh, he's thinking about contacting some television stations around Tampa today. But he said, you know, I I understand this. He said, I don't want to be the face of. Somebody that's been exposed to Ebola in Tampa, you know, nobody will have anything to do with it. But people need, they have a right to know, uh, you know, since this guy threw up everywhere. And, and the thing that really uh, made my daughter's fiance upset is, is this guy was not cooperative at all. He was not sorry that he threw up on several people. The flight attendants made the guy clean his own vomit up. And he... So he's totally uncooperative. He could have cared less if he threw up on all these people. He sounds like a great guy. He really does. I mean, there's not a whole lot I wouldn't put past something like that devil. He was, you know, obviously if if he wasn't from one of these countries, then why would he have not been cooperative? You know? Well, he obviously had a whole lot to hide. And then you have the fact where... He cleans his own vomit up. I'm sure that that was all done per, you know, CDC, World Health Organization, the maximum biocontainment sanitation factors. I'm sure that, that he really did that type of bang-up job on cleaning up this vomit so that, the, so that the passengers that come on after them, they're, they're absolutely, totally, potentially exposed as well. I mean... This is just total insanity. Did they not come in and clean the plane afterwards? Did they not? Well, that's what, yeah, that's what I'm, what, you know, that's what people need to be concerned about. That plane is still flying somewhere today, and a guy in seat 13F on Delta Flight 1760 threw up in it. And, uh, you know, I, my wife and I talked on the drive home yesterday. We were very concerned about you know, what could happen yeah. there. Okay, so that's all for that that video there, but there, that's just one example. It just happened this week. Totally suppressed. I mean, a little, you know, fringe. I just happened to, you know, find this, but there's there's all types of, of reports like this that's going on. You have to understand, these planes are the ideal vectors for propagating this. And you just have no idea what went on on the plane prior to you getting on it. And so, it's just really heavy-duty information here. Next report. Um, 
let's see here. This is what we have uh, reason to believe. There's an organized terror plot on behalf of financial entities to spread Ebola within the United States. This is a Veterans Today issue's first Ebola warning. There's an organized terror plot on behalf of the financial entities to spread Ebola through the United States. We believe airlines and hospitals are part of it. Well, again, we've just seen that that is absolutely 100% the case. Okay, That Homeland Security and TSA are involved as well. Rather than use a weaponized Ebola strain, people are being purposely infected with Ebola. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. That's hard to be really super dogmatic about, but... It is in part related to potential profits, related to vaccinations. It involves the upcoming U.S. elections, oil price fluctuations, and manipulation of the U.S. stock markets. I mean, the stock market's been going crazy lately. Billions have been lost during the last 10 days, but more importantly, hundreds of billions will be made in what is now a pure pump and dump at the hands of the grand cartel. Pump and dump of the stocks. I think is what they're in reference to. What is required is a broad control over international travel. The media and the ability to move infected personnel into the U.S. using airlines, but also human trafficking method is. This is how Ebola is now being spread. We estimate that as many as 5,000 Americans have now been exposed to Ebola. We are asking security personnel to record tail numbers, um, and I think on the airplanes, though the CIA doesn't always use them, of private aircraft used to transport these disease vectors into the U.S. and Europe. They're saying that they're people that are infected with Ebola are literally being transported into the U.S. Um, to infect the population. Now, just the first, the, the, the first stories we've covered alone, would you put anything past the government that's already permitted this to already happen? Obviously, trying to propagate this and spread this? Is there anything that you would say to Satan and say, oh, Satan wouldn't do that. He's he's not, oh, come on. There's a line that even Satan won't cross. No, there is no line that he wouldn't cross. There's no level of evil he would not stoop to. And this is what we're, we're honestly dealing with here at this point. It's gotten that bad. We have, um, we have confirmations that this is what's being done. Meaning, Literally, people that are infected are being flown into the country. Now, I can't verify that 100%, but it sure seems that that's what's being permitted at bare minimum, if not being done on purpose. You know, we do not have confirmations to all involved, but we do know the U.S. is targeted and that the intent is to kill as many Americans as possible to undermine social cohesion and to destroy whatever confidence the American people have in government. Okay, so now along the same lines, because again, I like to build with these studies to to make every week, to to make a um, concentrated effort to prove the points I'm trying to establish over and over and over again from different angles. So here we have um, Obama to bring in non-American Ebola victims to the U.S. for treatment now. This just broke a couple days ago. President Obama is considering a plan to expand treatment of Ebola victims beyond Americans. Now, we can't even handle what little bit that, I'm talking little bit that they have told us about. We can't even handle that. But now Obama's considering a plan because he's so benevolent and wonderful and, and full of goodness, out of the goodness of his black uh, heart, okay, um, his stone-cold black heart. And I don't mean that as a racial thing. I mean that as a black heart, like the black heart of Satan, okay. He's considering a plan to expand treatment of Ebola victims beyond Americans. While bipartisan voice grows to ban Ebola victims from entering the United States, A new report claims President Obama is considering a plan to bring the world's Ebola patients to the United States to be treated. Judicial Watch, the conservative public watchdog group, says in a shocking report that the president is actively formulating plans to admit Ebola-affected non-citizens just to be treated alone. So, you know, bring them in. Come one, come all. So that just came out. Then the next report, um, U.S. troops won't get hazmat suits for Ebola mission in West Africa. Troops from the 101st Airborne, this was reported on Nashville Public Radio, 
Troops from the 101st Airborne Division, leading the military response to Ebola in West Africa, um, they're going to be leading the military response to Ebola in Africa. They will only need gloves and masks to protect themselves from the deadly virus, said General David Rodriguez at a Pentagon briefing Wednesday. They don't need the whole suit as such because they're not going to be in contact with any of the people. Right. Yeah. So they're going to be isolated totally from all the people there, and therefore they don't need any more protection than um, the gloves and masks. And the soldiers' health will be monitored through surveys and taking their temperature on their way in and out of camps. If a service member does get sick, Rodriguez said they will be flown home immediately for treatment. So then again, more potential Ebola disease vectors being flown back to the United States and they were infected on purpose, which is really the whole purpose of the troops being over there. And probably they will be the first ones to get the experimental vaccines, which again, we covered this last week, which will most likely contain some type of vector in them that when combined with, let's say, the normal everyday flu or another, let's say, chemtrail dose of whatever they might spray or another, let's say, flu shot will then activate the binary component in the flu shot and then we're really going to (laughs) see a hellish uh, disease propagated from that. And so we talked about that a lot last week. Next report. National strike to force Obama to block West African Flights Administration committing criminal negligence by failing to secure America against the outbreak. It's the stop Ebola strike. Um, InfoWars is calling for a general strike across the United States in response to the federal government's botched response to the Ebola outbreak and the Obama administration's refusal to block flights coming from West Africa. Countries bordering those in West Africa impacted by the Ebola outbreak have been successful in stopping the spread of the virus by blocking flights, including Ivory Coast, uh, Guinea, Bissau, and Senegal. And yet, the Obama administration has refused to do likewise, despite innumerable public figures calling on the White House to take action. I mean, if... Even if even if we were to just take on face value the, the the first case, Mr. Duncan, well, he flew here from Liberia. Well, they're saying that that's the stupidest thing on the planet to do. By obviously, is to stop the the people coming from these um, Ebola affected nations. That's the dumbest thing on the planet to do. You know, um, the government's saying, and again, it's it's this common core curriculum: two plus two equals five. So it's to the point where the more evil, the more um, asinine the argument becomes, that is what the government will be behind. And so we're treated like we're moronic three-year-olds or something, like, like, like with learning disabilities. I'm not coming against three-year-olds, I'm just saying that's the way that we're treated as, as a society. When they bring us these insane talking points to present their satanic conclusion to. And the countries that have already done this, that are literally over in Africa, have been successful in stopping the spread of the virus. And they're obviously, some of them are bordering these Ebola outbreaks, and they have pretty much successfully stopped the Ebola from spreading by just stopping the flights. But no, 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 we're not going to do that. No, we don't want to be prejudicial or discriminatory toward Ebola. Numerous airlines have also restricted flights to Ebola-affected countries, and yet the United States remains wide open to potential Ebola patients, not only via airports, but also the country's poor southern border where hundreds of illegal aliens from Ebola-hit countries have poured across in recent months. They're coming that way um, as well. But let's face it, if they had to come up through the southern border, if they were literally in Liberia and they had contracted Ebola, they're going to have a... I mean, it's going to take them quite a while to make their way over here and up through the southern border. In that time period, they're probably going to start exhibiting symptoms, and they're probably not not even going to be able to make it here. I mean... I'm just saying, that's most likely what would end up happening. I mean, once you start exemplifying symptoms, you're you're not going to be doing a whole lot of traveling at that point. So, 
their their arguments are just they're just they're just totally insane. It's just it, the 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 opposite of truth. That's what they're gonna say is truth. I mean, anything that that is a lie, that is what they're gonna call truth. And this is what we're dealing with here. Marine Corps General John Kelly, commander of the U.S. Southern Command, has also warned that if the Ebola outbreak continues to rage, it could cause mass migration into the United States. That's true. That's another thing. And, and having that southern border is, is a whole open, that's a, a big purpose of that as well. We've already talked about in the last couple of teachings all the diseases coming up through the, the Sintero virus and how all of these uh, children, vaccinated children in America are getting sick from that, from all of these diseases that are being introduced from Central America from this mass migration of illegal aliens, where they're being exposed to things they've never been exposed to, their their immune systems are already compromised from the vaccines and from all the other things they've done, and so now they're they're getting sick um, as well. So this is a dual prong approach to try to create as much medical havoc and death as possible, and it's all being done where right now we're on the cusp of you know we're we're getting into the flu season we're. We're getting into, you know, the, uh, we're going into fall. We're going to get, getting into colder temperatures. We're getting, you know, all of this is being done, I believe, at this time, all by design for maximal death and destruction and chaos. So let's go further. Uh, let's see here. By refusing to block flights or tighten border security, the Obama administration is aiding and abetting the spread of Ebola and engaging in dereliction of duty by refusing to adopt the default position under such circumstances. That's why we're launching a national campaign for all non-essential workers in the United States to strike from Monday through Wednesday of next week. Um, we are calling, uh, that would actually start tomorrow, we are calling on everyone to get behind the strike by tweeting under the hashtag pound, pound symbol, stop Ebola strike. And by personally participating in the general strike from Monday to Wednesday, we also invite the other media outlets and media personalities to support the strike. Now, see, again, this is a big reason why I'm doing this, is to create enough public awareness that they're not able to pull off their agenda, which is ultimately going to be, if if carried to its end satanic conclusion, and I'm going to get into this, forced vaccinations, FEMA camps, um suspending of all constitutional rights and these types of things, uh, that's ultimately where Satan wants this to end up. Okay, So if there's enough pushback, if there's enough public awareness uh, of this now, Lord willing, this could be averted. Okay, That's why I did that tour back in 2006 about the avian flu, to create enough public awareness regarding that situation so that they could not implement what they were trying to implement. And this is no different. This is very, but, but this is much more, this has gone a lot further than even the avian flu did back in 06. The implications of this, the, the death rate, the, the way that this is spread, it's just, this has gone a lot further than that ever did already. So, we've launched a petition at whitehouse.gov, which we encourage all Americans to sign here. If the Obama administration fails to respond to the strike by Wednesday, it will be prolonged until the federal government is forced to take proper action to fight Ebola. The CDC has proven itself to be dangerously inept and woefully unprepared to deal with a wider Ebola outbreak in the United States after two nurses who should have been properly protected contracted the virus from patient zero, Thomas Eric Duncan, who then passed away. Um, the CDC also gave express permission for Ebola victim Amber Vinson to travel on a commercial airliner after she had frequent contact with Mr. Duncan during his treatment at the Texas Presbyterian Hospital in Dallas, which then potentially exposed 132 passengers who also flew on the Frontier Airlines plane. There's another example of this. It's not even negligence. It's by design. They're trying to spread this stuff. Here's a guy that worked with Duncan, that they knew about, and they let her get on a plane. Literally, she was starting to to, to exhibit Ebola-like symptoms, and um, fever and this type of thing, before she got on the plane. And she even called them to let them know that, and they, and they said, that's no, fine, get on the plane. That's what happened. <laughs> so, I mean, they're totally trying to spread this stuff. The federal government, I, I think, I, I don't know if the hand of the Lord is is 
is is is intervening here in any way, shape, or form at this point to prevent? I mean, this I'm looking at it like it could already have been a lot worse than it is right now. Of course, I don't know how much true things are being suppressed of what's going on, but I don't know. I, I think that you know it, it's a really bad scenario we're looking here when you've got the government doing everything on the planet to try to make sure this gets spread. You know. So let's go further. The federal government is committing criminal negligence by failing to implement the very measures that have proven successful in other countries in stopping the spread of the Ebola outbreak. You can read and sign the petition here. There's a link here in the PDF for um, October 19, 2014 at contendingfortruth.com. For more detail on the general strike and why we're calling for it, see Paul Watson's article. Um, and there's a link to that report here, National Strike to Force Obama to Block West African Flights. Okay, so those are some some uh, things to look at here. Now let's go ahead and go a little bit further. This is uh, these are some reports from the Q alerts at uh, Steve Quayle's website. People that have written in regarding things that they're seeing and witnessing. And again, this stuff is all cross confirming what we've already covered. Um, Talk about another government. I knew they were lying when they said that the nurses in the Dallas hospital had been properly trained in the handling of biohazards. I have had training, and Ebola is a level 4 biohazard threat, which requires, by their own protocols, the use of full containment suits, which are like moon suits, just like you see the people from the CDC wearing. Full containment, what they call positive pressure suits. These are like the highest level, basically... Um, biocontainment suits that you could wear. That's the type of suit you would you would wear if you were working around Ebola. Okay. However, I saw Sanja Gupta on CNN showing the proper method of suiting up, and it was a cloth mask and a face shield. If this was how the healthcare people were instructed, it is absolutely wrong, and they have to know it all along because they were the ones who wrote the protocols. They've known it all along because they were the ones who wrote the protocols. Your eyes are one of the most sensitive parts of the body, and it is stupid not to have that type of protection with a level 4 biohazard. Meaning, anything that's atomized in there, if it gets into your eyes, it's into your body, and you can contract it. And they're not being instructed properly in this, nor do I believe they even have the equipment in the hospitals. We're going to look at that as well. Looks like to me they're trying to spread this intentionally either way, either that or they are so incompetent that it boggles the mind. Now, I will never give them that much credit. They're doing it on purpose. Obviously, they're doing it on purpose. The first report we covered today totally proves that because they could have a total, even even if they wanted a drug cure, okay, they've got it. They've got it. Total silence over it. We will not implement anything. So you just have to understand that that you know these these people are the enemy. I mean they are the enemy with a capital E and they are bent on your destruction. That is what this government is all about. Um so that's that was one person that wrote in. Here's another one. Um Dallas Hospital had the Ebola screening machine. They have the equipment to do a full, quick check of this Ebola disease and others, but they are not allowing the medical profession to use it. Plus, they are hiding it from the sheeple. Okay, so in other words, they're saying, he's saying that they've got machines out there that can check, do a quick check on these people to see if they've got Ebola. Not this cursory examination where somebody vomits on a plane and dies, and then somebody says, oh, no, they don't got Ebola. And there's all these people vomit all over over them from this guy. And oh no, they don't got it. Everybody go your merry way. Don't don't self quarantine. There's no need because he doesn't have it. Obviously, no. They've got machines that tell you that, but that's also they're, they're not going to release those as well. Because why? Because they're trying to propagate it. One more proof of that as well. Uh, Steve Quayle says, I stated that three months ago that the military had the ability to check within 30 minutes for any Ebola strains. This whole plot has been brewed out of the cauldrons of hell. True. Next report. 1,000 people being checked for Ebola 
In the U.S., whether by land, sea, or air, the fear of Ebola has been spreading at a pace far faster than the growth in the number of people diagnosed with the disease. In recent days, the number of people who have been asked to monitor themselves for symptoms have been steadily growing, especially among healthcare workers who were involved in the original treatment of Thomas Duncan, the Liberian who died from Ebola on October 8th in Dallas. As of Friday, a pool of one, about 1,000 people, this is last Friday, so you know at the time of this recording, two days ago, a pool of about 1,000 people are being watched for symptoms and have been asked to self-monitor themselves or have been urged to check with a counselor at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The group includes a handful of people, and these aren't the people like I talked about earlier, who are like on these planes and people are vomiting, dying, and they're just telling them to go their merry way. These are not those people. Okay, So who knows how many have potentially been exposed at this point. The group includes a handful of people who have been ordered into a quarantine, a larger group that has been closely watched with temperatures taken at least daily, and a much larger group of travelers who may have flown on Frontier Airlines jetliner used at some point by the Ebola patient traveling with a low-grade fever. I think that was the nurse we talked about earlier. Okay, let's go further. Uh, Let's see here. Ebola. Liberia deaths are far higher than reported as officials downplay epidemic. It's from the London Guardian. The true death toll from Ebola epidemic is being masked by a chaotic data collection and people's reluctance to admit that their loved ones had the virus. According to one of West Africa's most celebrated filmmakers, uh, Soloris Samura, who has just returned from making a documentary on the crisis in Liberia, said it is very clear on the ground that the true number of dead is far higher than the official figures being reported by the World Health Organization. And they always lowball the numbers on these things. Every time. I've, I've wondered that many times in the past. Liberia accounts for more than half of all Ebola deaths. Um, Samura, a television journalist originally from Sierra Leone, said the Liberian authorities appeared to be deliberately downplaying the true number of cases for fear of increasing alarm in the West African country. So, we have that as well. Uh, I'm going to go ahead trying to kind of time this to where the uh, studies are um, even here. I'm going to go ahead and end part one here, and we'll go to part two, which I think will be the second and final part for, for this week. So God bless you, and we'll see you in part two. Scott Johnson's 800-plus audio teachings and PDF documents are available for free 24-7 on the Internet at contendingfortruth.com that's c-o-n-t-e-n-d-i-n-g for f-o-r truth t-r-u-t-h dot com in addition we also offer a free christian current event and health email newsletter you can sign up at contendingfortruth.com these email newsletters typically only generate about three to six emails per month if you subscribe to both lists Please prayerfully help us to continue this work. For mail correspondence or to support this ministry, our mailing address is 2359 Highway 70 Southeast, box number 321, Hickory, North Carolina, 28602. Or on the internet, a PayPal donation link can be found at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.